The Property Den with Ken and Glenn. Come and join experienced property investors and mortgage brokers Ken and Glenn as they get the answers to the questions you've been waiting to ask. Nothing is off the table as we dive headfirst into all things property related. This is the podcast you never knew you needed, but now cannot live without. The Property Den with Ken and Glenn. Welcome back, everybody. It feels like it's been an age, but it also feels like it's been two minutes. Hello, Glenn. Oh, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we are back. <laughs> we, are. we are back. And it's been, it feels like a long three months that we've been away. But uh, yeah, as you've probably heard, we've got a few little things that we've changed for the podcast and uh, we've got loads of stuff to cover off today. So how are you? How are you, Ken? I'm all right. I'm okay. It sounds like we've got Holly Willoughby, doesn't it? Sort of doing our intro. What do you mean? What what do you mean it isn't? Um, Did you not know? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) She, uh, Alexia is a very, very accomplished uh, voiceover, and she's amazing. Doesn't it sound good though? Sounds very professional. Uh, yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah, it she's is. done such a, such a good job. And the thing is, people listen to that and they go, "Oh, wow, that sounds that sounds really good." And then they, and they then, then, then we kick in. I know, I know. We bring it all back down, <laughs> but that's all right. It's all about the shop window, Glenn. Bring them in, yeah. and hopefully they will buy. Yes, yeah. build it, or walk, or walk out and make this a complaint. It, yeah, build it. They will come. So for those yeah. for those who are new to the channel, welcome. Uh, this is the Property Den with Ken and Glenn. I am Ken, and you are Glenn. It'd be strange if you weren't, wouldn't it? The Property Den. <laughs> yeah, Ken if and I said, Glenn. and Ken, I am Ken and Dave. Kevin. Yeah, yeah Dave. <laughs> it's the Ken and Dave show. Um, <laughs> so for those that don't know, this is a very light-hearted, informational, educational uh, platform. There's no selling. There's no. There's no plugs. We are literally two brokers who happen to be qualified mortgage brokers, investors who want to try and educate you guys uh, with a bit of banter, some questions and answers, talk about what's going on. And that generally is our platform of what we do, isn't it? That's that's the format. Yeah, that's it. In a nutshell. Well, yeah. yeah. Welcome back to everybody that's uh, coming back to our channel. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's been many people asking when we're coming back. And here we are. Hello. Yes. Right. So what have we got to cover off today? So I guess what have we been up to? So Ken, what have you been up to over the last three months? Keep it clean. I will. I um, I enjoyed Christmas. Got a little bit porky. Um, I hope that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> got a bit fat. <laughs> and, now, and now I'm trying to get a little bit thin. I've uh, been training hard. I've uh, been trying a lot of new things. Uh, but to be honest, the the main thing has been business. Um, it's been really, really busy. And therefore, mm. a lot of my attention has been on uh, just trying to service customers' needs. It's been absolutely mad. Um, got my archery qualification over the last weekend. So I'm now an archery instructor for both the scouts and G- anybody, really. I can instruct anybody in archery. So you are Robin the Hood. Now. I am, yes, Robin Hood. Yes. Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't go down that road. There was another thing that used to transpose the first and letter. So you'd do Robin Hood, Robin Hood, um, and then it would be Maid Marian, and you'd switch, and then you do Fry Attack. I'll leave that for the general public to work that one out. Uh, and there, yeah, yeah. So now I am Robin Hood. And what about you, Glenn? What you been up to? Oh, I've been up to loads, loads changes of business. Um, some got a new broker starting very soon as well, which is which is really exciting. Um, so we can announce that soon. Uh, business like yourself, it's it's just gone mad, isn't it? And mm. you know, we're we're we've been very very busy with first time buyers and people selling up and moving and upsizing and downsizing. It's just crazy, and I think it's a reflection on how the market is. But personally, also for people that 
may know already, I started another TikTok channel. Yes, you did. You did. What's yeah. it called, Glenn? The Grow Den with Glenn. And it's all about my <laughs> hobby. It's about all about my hobby, which I love, which I've got an allotment and a garden and I grow loads of different bits and pieces. It's, rather than sitting in front of a laptop for hours and hours and hours and, and on a podcast and on the phone, etc., I feel like I have to try and get out a little bit. And yeah. uh, I know some people might think, oh, but it's so boring. But I know, Ken, you've got an allotment. So you... I have. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am allotment up and I am following your channel. I enjoy it. Yeah, the Thank allotment's you. just, you know, it's one of those places you can go and just switch off, isn't it? It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. So, yeah, no, that's going well. I mean, I, I literally in a couple of weeks, it got to over 2,000 followers, which is insane. Because mm. I think why people following me with regards to looking at what I'm doing an allotment but some people seem to enjoy it so it's all, it's all good it's all they good do. you've got a you've got a certain style um which I think is is easy to watch but no good luck with that Glenn it's uh, for anybody that uh, wants to look at that do do pop over and Glenn is obviously mentioning that on LinkedIn I know you've put some posts on LinkedIn and TikTok obviously is the big channel yeah TikTok is where it's at so the grow yeah. den with Glenn have a look and have a little laugh and a chuckle to yourself yeah but yes so um Right. So what else, what else have we got to cover? Well, where, where the market was when we left in the back end of November versus where it is now is an interesting one, isn't it? Because mm. right in November, I think the market was still tough. I mean, and listen, let's not, let's not be shy about it. It's still tough, it, but in a different way. So when we left in November, did our last one, it was a case of, well, where are the rates going to go? How high is it? Is it going to start to plateau? And everybody was waiting for that to happen. And then December was actually a really busy month for all of us. Uh, the market seemed to be reinvigorated. The base rate has been holding, as we know. So we're at 5.25. I know we're going to sort of cover that. But I just feel that the market now, all the rates are most of the time below 5%, which is a revelation for a lot of people. And don't yeah. you feel people are starting to become accustomed to it so they're starting to feel this is actually the new norm and i think that is the reason why we're probably busy um because i think it is the new norm and people are you know especially first-time buyers they don't know any different so yeah. it's like well this is how much it's going to cost you oh okay um so whereas if people come off of a one or a two year fixed rate you know from a couple of years ago they're like oh that yeah. hurt but initially yeah, but painful. then think now with old it is painful Everyone knows it's painful now. And I think the press have made it quite well known. Well, us as brokers have made it well known on social media and updated a lot of people, especially I know you have Ken and, and I have as well. So I think it's just, as you said, it's the new normal. People are just, let's get on with our lives. We can't, you know, measure our decisions within our lives based on an interest rate. Yeah. And I how, think long, how long do you wait? How long do you wait yeah. for things to get to what you deem to be better? You just got to yeah. sort of grab the ball by the horns. If you want to move, you want to move, don't you? If you want to sell, if you want to buy, you know, yeah. you've just got to some at some point just say, "Look, let's do it." I had a client of mine, Gordon, great, great guy. Um, I did his mortgage five years ago. He bought this place uh, not so far away from me, and he decided to put it on the market. And he put it on last week. He's had one straight away. He had a viewer, and he's mm. got asking price. I mean, yeah. I just you wouldn't have thought that that would be where we're at because we're so used to things taking a while now. Uh, people having to bring the price down so it is a really good indicator of, of where the market seems to be going yeah absolutely and i think it it's a real positive and long may it continue really yeah. but i guess i know we're going to lead on to this but um lenders you know we, we get so much press um with negativity not us personally just in general in the, <laughs> yeah, in, in, the, in, the in the industry um 
And it's always about rates are going up, rates are going up, but not all lenders are the same. And I know we're going to touch on this in a minute, but you know, you sort of get the scaremongers out there and people panic. And this is what bottlenecks the whole market. And I think yeah. some mortgage lenders may put their rate up like 0.01%, which doesn't really make a massive difference, but it's classed as a rate increase. Mm. But there's on the same day, you have our lenders, which are reducing their rates, but yeah. no one seems to shout about that. I mean, do you want to add more onto that, Ken? Well, I think you're right. I think the um, the marginal increases freak people out because they think the market's all of a sudden turned on its head again. It's going in the wrong direction. But we have seen over the last, I mean, January was like, it was like everybody's come to market with cheaper rates. Everybody's trying to get their get their market share of the business. So there was a lot more interest and I think people coming to, to them. But of course, if they've got all this demand coming in, at some point, they're not going to be able to service it. So they have to decide, well, we've got to pull away. How do we pull away? Well, let's increase our rates for a, a moment. That will stop the traffic. That will allow us to continue to service the needs of these clients, get them serviced. And when they pull away, someone steps into, into the, the, the gap that they've left. And that seemingly is what's happening. I mean, yesterday was a bit of a, a traumatic day for me. Um, I've got lots of Halifax PTs been waiting on people to make decisions. And whilst there were other lenders, Virgin and, and a few others doing the same thing, uh, Virgin and Halifax both came out midday and said, oh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be reducing, uh, sorry, we're going to be increasing the product switches. Uh, we're yeah. going to be doing it today. If you want to get the business in, you must get it in by eight o'clock tonight. Yeah. And I had a couple of appointments out. Uh, I had a protection appointment in the evening. I was like, how the hell am I going to get, and how can I get hold of all my clients to get exactly. them to confirm? So sometimes you do get days which are really, really pressurized. And all of a sudden a client will call you back and say, oh, I'd like to do that deal. And you have to say, well, actually that deal is gone, but I mm. do think it's a moment in time. And I do think these rates will come back down. So it's nothing to panic about if you've got the time. Um, do you know what? I yeah. had a, I had exactly the same scenario yesterday. So I was talking to a buyer um, first time buyer and they're, they're buying in Nottingham. So a long mm. way from where I am in sunny, not so sunny today, Essex. Um, and they found me through social media and, um, literally I had to, the, the application was ready to go. I just needed the direct debit details and I could not get hold of the client. And then we got the email from that West saying the product's being withdrawn by half past 10 tonight. And I'm thinking, I've got I've got loads of stuff to do tonight. I've got two kids as well, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm never going to be able to log on and do this. So I was like frantically WhatsApping the client, and you know, and little things like that. And, and eventually, he was like, "Oh, here we go. Sorry, mate. I was uh, I, I was in a meeting himself because he's at work." Well, that's it, isn't it? The you people know? are people are working. They're not just sitting on the end of the phone waiting for you know Ken or Glenn to call them to tell them that a lender's going to pull rates. And that's yeah. where the Coventry actually have got a really good reputation because they give you 48 hours notice. There are some lenders that aren't as kind to us brokers. And in turn, then we have to pass that on to our clients. So it is, it can be a difficult mix. So that's, that's sort of where it's at. So yeah, guys, I think to sort of summarize, rates are going to go up and go down. Some lenders will step up, some lenders will step back. Um, it's very, it's very flexible. What's the word? It's fluid right now, yeah. isn't it? But you yeah. know what? And it's not all negative. And again, I go back to a real example. And I had this conversation with one of my brokers, one of my team this morning before I come on here. And the Halifax situation, he it, it scarpered his customer, basically. He was like, oh, this is a real problem now because the rate's been pulled, blah, blah, blah. Well, this morning he sourced Coventry, you know, and that's a point of recording this. And the rate was slightly less. And um, the criteria was actually better. Yeah. And uh, it was like, actually, it's worked out really well. Can be so a blessing in disguise, can't it? It can. So not everything is a negative just because things change in the market and, and no one can control it. So there's I no point the, in worrying. The important message there, though, is that that's a broker. 
being proactive, being able to look at all the market rather than you going down the, the path of a single lender where you or, or a provider at your bank, for example, whereby you can't react in the same way because you've only got your products to sell. So that's yeah. another benefit of maybe using a broker. And actually, I want to add on that because I think it was on one of your videos, which is a really good video on TikTok, Ken, that you put on there about the benefits of using a broker. And I know we're going to be biased because we are brokers. However, for people that have never used a broker or haven't even um, seen a mortgage advisor yet listening, some banks, I'm not going to name them, but some banks that you go into now, you actually sit down and you have to watch videos, don't you? Rather you than do. seeing see, someone, yeah, yeah. you sit and watch videos yeah. uh, inst- and, and it can take up to three hours. I mean, who wants to do that? Halifax customers, mate. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't going <laughs> to say. I don't care. I don't care about naming and shaming. Uh, listen, it's good for us brokers because I used to work for Halifax. I was having a very candid chat with a Halifax member of staff and they were explaining about how they had to sit clients down in front of a video because everything has to be conformative and consistent. And if you haven't got time to watch a video, you can't stay. You've got to rebook. Uh, I was shocked, but also quite pleased. Uh, if yeah. I'm honest, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, they, they make it easier for us as brokers. They do make it easier. I, I, I also think it's a shame for people that aren't educated yeah. in using a broker and don't listen to these sort of podcasts yeah. that they have to sit there and they think that's the norm. Yeah, and it really and it really isn't. So yeah. I, I love how PC you can be, and I just throw it in. It's like yeah. Ken's just opened the grenade and checked it. Uh, Glenn's trying to catch it and close it. And I'm yeah. like, no, let it go. Let it go. Yeah, and, then, and then you throw another one. I do. I do. I, I do have the habit of doing that. Uh, okay. What else is going on? So mortgage lenders, rates going up and down, covered that brilliant base rate. Base rate being held, held has been a real positive, I think, Glenn. Um, I think, you know, if yeah, it's not going to go down, at least don't go up. Definitely. Yeah. And I think it was needed because obviously with inflation, the uncertainty of inflation, it went down and it massively dropped and everyone was really positive and then rates started to go down, swap rates go down, then inflation popped up a little bit again. Everyone was like, oh, hang on, what's what's going on here? And I think keeping base rate the same um, it gives a, a lot more stability to, yeah. to lenders and to people. I think making thing dropping the base rate too early would be a mistake because i think it would then just probably the following month go back up again Um, and i think that's just there's no need so i think that was the right decisions again and all that yeah yeah so um so yeah i mean base rate is what it is you know mortgage rates are where they are but is there any new stuff for our listeners Oh, you, you know, you're like a, you're really a consummate professional. You are. Yes. Um, so <laughs> this may... is when you're going to say no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'll put it back to you. So we know about Perenna, uh, who came into the market sort of back end last year, lots of hoo-ha and noise and grandeur, and they're going to do 30 year term fixes and you can unlock that fixed term after five years and they're going to fund in a different way and all very positive stuff. And I know kudos to them. Um, I'm in the process of actually registering with them at the moment. Happy days. Nice. Uh, always nice to have them on your list of people. However, mm. we now have a new lender to the market, which is a Dutch lender and an unusual name. They are called April, as in the month, April Mortgages. And mm. they are also looking at longer term fixed rates. Uh, so they're looking at, and I'll run through the selection. They are looking at five, seven, 10, 12, unusual numbers these, and 15, 15 years. Bingo. Yeah, yeah, call it, call it. (laughs) House. And um, so they're doing- Legs 11, sorry. Behave yourself. So (laughs) April mortgages are doing all these different fixed rates, but 
The key thing is that there are no early repayment charges at all at any time on any of these fixes. So it gives you a very large degree of flexibility and certainty. So you've got the certainty of the fix and the flexibility of that if you wanted to sell or move or close it down, that you can. Now, they are only currently offering this on remortgages. They're only coming in on the remortgage market, which is unusual. But, mm. you know, this is where they want to start and then they'll open up to more. The other thing that they're doing, Glenn, is that let's say you bought your place and you've done, I mean, you have done, you've made your, your home massive. I mean, you've done a lot of work to it. And by doing that, you've added value. So if you started with your mortgage at a certain level and then added a lot more value to your property, you've increased the property value and therefore lowered your loan to value. Now, mm. in most cases, you can't do anything about that loan to value until your fixed rate comes up. But with this lender, with April, what they're saying is, tell us, we'll come and revalue your property. And if it has changed, we will lower your loan to value immediately and give you the new rate. It's, it's brilliant. That is good. And if you overpay on your mortgage, there is no allowance cap. So a lot of lenders, it's 10, some maybe 20, no cap on. And listen, we are not sponsored by this company. It's just a new innovative product. Um, but you can you can overpay to your heart's content, no early repayment charges, which is amazing. And also, as you overpay, again, you're lowering your loan. So therefore, if you move into another loan to value bracket, they again will change your rate automatically. You don't have to do anything to the new lower rate. And I just think in this day and age where lenders are trying to find an edge, a way to bring you in, this is just opening the door to, I mean, I've been a broker, you've been a broker for some time. And before brokering, we both worked in retail banking. Uh, mm -hmm. So we've been around for a little while. This is, this is revolutionary, this sort of stuff. All these new innovative banks coming in, doing something different is shaking up the market, no end. I think it's needed. I really do. I think people need flexibility. They need reassurance. Um, and the the old banking way, in my opinion, is, you know, is going to be having its day very soon. I mean, I think that the two, the three, the five, the fixed and all that, I think it is right in certain stages for people because some people might feel comfortable with a two year. They might want to move in two years. They might like that rate. They might like the, you know, it's it depends on what the customer's happy with and what yeah. they feel comfortable with. And I think there is a place for that. I don't think it should go, but I do think all of this new stuff, more choice is not a bad thing for yeah, people. I agree. Uh, and let's, uh, you know, being very frank with you, these rates are not like the high street rates of the Halifaxes and NatWest Nationwide HSBCs. These rates are a little bit higher than that. Mm. But, you know, again, we get asked on, on the regular, I'm sure, about, oh, look, you know, my... My fixed rate's coming up, but I'm thinking about selling my house in a year. Should I take a two-year fixed rate? Is there anything I can do where I don't have to pay charges? And most of the time we're saying, look, well, what about a tracker with no early repayment charges? Yes, the rate will be slightly higher than a fixed, but it would be lower than the variable rate. So it's sort of a halfway house. Maybe that will work for you. And now we've got April mortgages where we could say, well, actually, what about this deal? You know, they've got a variety of different fixed rates and there's no ERCs. And as long as you're selling or moving, they don't allow you to... Um, they don't allow you to remortgage to another lender and use the funds from that lender to pay it off with no ERC. So there are some restrictions. But again, I think, like you say, choice, Glenn. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's good. And I think more banks and building societies should sort of listen and, and learn from it, really, and, and go, right, let's let's bring more out um, from, from the big names and let's be more competitive. And I think it's just going to open up so many more doors for people from first-time buyers to existing borrowers. And also people that have got smaller mortgages as well, where it might not, the, the rate may not make a massive difference, but yeah. the actual product will for their yeah. 
for their options and their flexibility, like you said. So I, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is good. And I mean, the high street lenders, you know, the HSBCs, the Halifaxes, they are also trying to do stuff. I'm noticing a lot of criteria change, especially around things like uh, foreign nationals. Uh, there's been a lot of work done by a lot of these lenders to bring in a little bit more flexibility for foreign nationals to try and be able to buy. Um, yeah. It's not always going to be possible. Let's be honest about it. But it is nice to see that whilst they may not be as flexible or trying to do something as quite as innovative as some of these guys, they are still trying to tweak what they have to be able to make it easier for people to use them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, all good. Good, good, good. Cool. Uh, and, and if anyone has any questions on that, then feel free to leave a comment on wherever you're listening it to, whether it's Spotify. And where's the other one, Ken? Apple. Apple Podcasts. Of course it is. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, see a little, little, little plug there to you. <laughs> bring, bring Ken in. If Ken isn't talking enough, just Ken's him, gone to sleep. Something. He's definitely gone to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, two platforms. Um, and obviously, we'll be marketing this on all our channels. So we are very much active on LinkedIn, TikTok, primarily. Obviously, is where the social stuff is. So you will see about the podcast. And if any of you have got questions that you want raised on this, then do put it in because. For those that are aware, you know where we're going. We're going into our questions and answers session. Da, so, da, da, da. We still haven't got sound effects, have we? Well, no. no. Just me. Da, <laughs> we've, da, we've got an intro. Glenn, we've got an intro and an outro, mate. Let's uh, come on. We've we've jazzed it up. Let's not try and throw in stuff in the middle where we have to really edit it. This if we make a mistake, guys, you want you can't believe the amount of trouble it causes as if one of us <laughs> mucks yeah. up. Exactly. With this is this isn't edited. That's why we mumble a lot and we're looking away and the camera shakes quite a bit because we don't edit this. There's no it, 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 as it would be in real life. I think so, I uh, think they call it raw. Mm, we are. Yes. Is, that, is that wrong? We <laughs> are raw, raw and unedited. Yeah, <laughs> this, this sums you up. Why? Why would you be laughing at that? I don't understand what's funny about it being raw. I well, think he's, Ken, he's very raw. raw. He's very raw and unedited. Yeah, yeah, and people know that. That's why they love me, <laughs> ish, ish. <laughs> so the questions and answers session, uh, for those that are not aware, is whereby people from TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever it may be, have sent in some questions, and you have the ability. Uh, I know, especially on Spotify, to actually put questions on there, but you can send them direct to us through our various channels, and we then put them onto our podcast and we answer them, and mm. for. For some people, um, I have to say, it's quite educated. We've got some brokers that listen to this. And for them, it's like, oh, brilliant. You know, I've just learned something. Um, but in the main, this is for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Shall I fire the first question at you, Ken? Yeah, go for it. Okie doke. So we have Gina Manzur, 31. So, Ken, if I am in a fixed rate and want to sell and buy a new home, is there any way to avoid the penalty charges? Thanks, Gina. You are the first one of us. Series two. I say series two. Series one went for 34 episodes. Yeah, I was shattered <laughs> so, by the end of a, it. More of a marathon than a series, wasn't it? Uh, Gina, <laughs> is there any way you can sell, buy a new home and avoid the penalty charges? Um, there's something called porting. Um, now, you do have to check back to your mortgage offer because not every product that everybody's ever bought in the history of mortgages is portable. So you need to check to see if your mortgage is portable. And to put that into context, if you're on a 2% rate, uh, £100,000 mortgage, and you want to buy a £200,000 house and you're going to sell and move, then what will happen is we'll do a brand new application with the same lender. Uh, we'll say that you've got a mortgage product at the moment. And if they agree to affordability lending and everything else, they will allow you to transfer that 2%, 100 grand across to the new place. 
And then the additional £100,000 that you need will be on whatever the terms, conditions and rates are applicable at that time. So it's a bit of a mix and match, the old and the new coming together. It does mean that you don't have to pay back the early repayment charge because you ported it across. Um, but you've got to be accepted on the mortgage. It's not a given just because you have the mortgage already with them that they are going to give you the new mortgage. So a lot of people think, oh, well, I've got this already and therefore it's a given. It's not, guys. Uh, Glenn, you want to throw yeah. in anything? Yeah. And just on that point, you know, people think, oh, well, I've already been approved for that mortgage. So I'm just going to move it over. But lenders will factor in any changes. So, for instance, if one person's on maternity leave or if one person has changed jobs, their income's dropped, you know, anything that could be a, a negative um, that's changed since you got your previous mortgage approved could stop you from porting so it's important that you speak to a broker to be honest you know they can look at all of that before you you even attempt to go to the lender um, and just make sure that it's it's comfortable it's affordable and make sure you don't sort of like go down that route and then you can't you can't do what you want to do because it can be costly especially if you've already had an offer accepted and instructed solicitors and all that stuff so again i know i bang on, on about it all the time but get yourself set up and be prepared first before you make any decisions, speak to your broker, and then they will be able to go through in, in any detail. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Check if it, check it all out. Just make sure it's all going to work and then we can help you. But porting Gina is the term. And we're always happy if you need any help on that, just let us know. Uh, right. Question for you, Craig, uh, for you, Craig, it is Craig's question for you, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> professional uh, so glenn craig Lowtop wants to know most people say to do two-year fix now instead of five is this the best there is no right answer to this apart from it depends on what he you know you are comfortable with craig so again goes back to what we said previously a lot of a lot of people if i'm honest at the moment are doing two-year fixed rate products purely because there's a lot of talk of rates still going down um, and people are like, well, we don't, I don't really want to fix him for five years at say for argument's sake, four and a half percent. And then in two years time rates are three and a half percent. Cause you know, I'm going to be stuck in there for another three years in that fixed rate. And to come out of most fixed rates, there's a high early repayment charges, which can be a percentage of your loan amount. So you need to check your mortgage offer on terms and conditions to find out how much that would cost you. Um, two years still gives people a lot of stability. A lot can happen in two years in the market. Um, uh, but is that, you know, no one's got a crystal ball. No one knows what's going to happen with the mortgage rates. It just, whatever suits you. So if you feel that, yeah, you're going to take a little bit of a gamble, you know, hoping that rates are going to be lower within two years, then do a two year. If you think, no, I don't want that risk and I can afford the payments. And if rates go down, then it, it's not going to bother me. I'm just not going to drive me insane that I may be paying over, um, in my mortgage. And you want that stability for five years, go for five years. Maybe look at a three-year product. If yeah. there's a lender out there with a three-year, it's sort of midway house. So um, I think that is really it, it's your own individual choice. I mean, Ken, would you add to that? Well, I think it was, um, it was hard for a little while for a lot of people to make the decision because I think the difference in price between a two-year fixed rate and a five-year fixed rate was significant. So five-year pricing was cheaper. And therefore, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, the cost of the five is a much lower cost than the two. I'm going to really have to pay a lot more over for the two. Even if I believe rates are going to go down, it just doesn't seem affordable. So I think a lot of people, when the market was really in its, in its sort of dire straits, I think people were just really going down the five because it was cheaper, not because they wanted it, but because they just felt it's the only financial decision I can make. Now those differentials have become smaller. I'll give you an example. I was looking at a 90% deal for a client. It's a 10% deposit. And we had a 
percent, uh, no, four point four four percent for one lender on a on a five. The same lender on the two was four point eight eight, so a zero point four difference. Um, which doesn't sound that much. And in fairness, it's not. So the decision there was they wanted to go for the two because they mm. felt the difference was not that great. But if you go back a little while, the five might have been 4.4, but the two would have been 6%. Well, that decision's much easier. I'm going to go for the five. So yeah. I think it, it's like you say, there's no right or wrong answer. It is what you want. It's what you feel is right for you and what's affordable. Yeah. And I've already had conversations like that with people a year ago when the market was on its knees, uh, so to speak. And people were like, mm. oh, you know, we've done a five-year fixed. And I knew what was coming. Uh, rates have gone down. Can we swap it over? It's like, well, there's big early repayment charges. Do you yeah. remember we had this conversation? Yeah. And it was, yeah, yeah, no, we did. Oh, okay. All right, we'll have to we'll have to do the numbers and see what happens. So again, it is, it is a real thing that does. We don't make it up. This generally does happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of people think we say two years because it means we can rebroker the business again in two years' time. But there's very few brokers that will, if they're good brokers, that will say, you must do too. That's my yeah. do too. I think most will be more like us, which will be a little bit more like, look, this is a two, this is a three, this is five. These are the numbers. What makes sense to you, Mr. or Mrs. Customer? What is right for you is what we need to do. Not, I'm not going to tell you what to do on a two or three or a five because that's not the advice. Yeah. You know? But people yeah. think that we're just saying two because we want to get business again. Uh, yeah. What's next? Okay. So we have another one, Jack the Lad for you, Ken. Um, I live in a housing association flat. I know the council have right to buy it and I've heard they, there may be a scheme I can use. Do you know what that is? I do. I do. What I is do, it then, kid? Tell us. <laughs> it's right to acquire. Right to acquire is what it is. And I've got personal experience of this, actually. I bought, um, when I first met Lisa, she was in the housing association flat and we bought it off them. And we got a little discount. It's not the discount, guys. are not as grand or as large as they would be with the right to buy through the council. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a, a decent discount. You know, if any discount is a good discount, isn't it? So you can get a discount between 9,000 to 16,000. Now, something that I wasn't aware of, and I'll be honest, you know, I'm always learning. Um, our flat was built in 2000. So I never knew that there was a, a sort of like a time period that it needed to be done by. So anybody that's looking to use right to acquire their property needs to have been built 1997 and upwards anything below 1997 to 1996 um you they don't do it um so that is something and there are lots of things within there that you need to be aware of um so what i would suggest is that if you are considering looking to buy your housing association property then get in touch with the housing association uh check with them to see if they are willing to sell it they may not want to sell it and if they are willing to sell it, then obviously you can start looking into what the discount might be and you can start speaking to a broker to see what the mortgage will be because, you know, you do have to weigh up the costs. And there are benefits, aren't they, to renting? You know, if something breaks, you get it replaced by the housing association, the windows, boiler, whatever it may be. Um, when you take on a property, and I know we've talked about this before, my mother is never, ever going to come out of her council property because she loves the fact that everything will get repaired. Uh, yeah. I own my property. If the window breaks or the boiler packs up, I've got to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, so there are there are pros and cons to owning your own property. But do check it out. Do speak to the Housing Association. And obviously, if your property was built before 1997, uh, to my knowledge, it's a non-starter. Yeah. And also, again, check the terms and conditions. But there are um, some schemes out there where you can use the discount as the deposit. 
Yeah. So if you haven't Take got a, a deposit to uh, to buy the property, because you think, oh, great, I can buy it. They're going to give me a discount, but I haven't got a deposit here. Yeah. Well, it depends on the uh, criteria, terms and conditions, uh, and the lender. Um, but you can use, in some cases, the, the the discount in that property price as your deposit. So you may not have to actually put a penny in yourself to buy it. So look at that, ask the question, um, because that could make the difference between you owning and not owning. Yeah, no, really good. Thanks, Glenn. So now we have Tim Tams, 5897. Is it true, let's have a look, is it true the more deposit I put down, the more the lenders will lend me? In a sense, it, it basically what it means is that if you put a bigger deposit down, it just means that it opens up more products available and potentially the lower rates um, because it's less risk for the lender. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to lend you more because the amount that you're they're allowing to borrow is very much based on your income. Um, and expenditure and your personal circumstances like your credit history so for instance it depends on what you earn what your outgoings because you can have someone who's a really good earner um, but they have a thousand pounds a month out paying out for a car like a Range Rover they may have expensive holidays they may have xyz you know so actually their net income which they get uh, left over surplus income per month might be a lot less than someone who's earning a lot less money but has a cheap runaround car, which they don't owe anything on, and they may have more disposable income per month. So all of these factors are looked into. The bigger the deposit is going to help, like I say, because it is less risk. The less money that the lender has to lend to you, the the, the more the decision, fa- isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, because they're like, well, this person's putting some. Uh, what's skin, it called? Skin in the game. Skin in the game. I was going to say meat, meat on the bone. Meat on the bone, skin in the game. Yeah. That it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it in a nutshell, really. Your income <laughs> doesn't matter, but the deposit does help. Yeah. I had a live that I was doing this week, I think it was. And someone said, oh, yeah, I've got a £120,000 deposit, Ken, and I earn £25,000 a year. I want to buy a property to £400,000. Is it possible? I'm like, well, great deposit, but they're still only going to lend you four and a half times potentially on your income, which means you're quite a way off that figure. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that misunderstanding about, well, I'm putting a lot more in, therefore, shouldn't the lender just lend me the money because it's a lot less risk. The, the income and affordability and assessment still need to be done, as Glenn rightly said. Uh, so, Tim, Tim Tams. I didn't know what Tim Tams were until my sister-in-law came from Australia with about 25 packets of Tim Tams. Do you ever heard of them? They're like, they're like, they're like an, I don't know if they're Australian. But that's where she came from. But they're like uh, they're like penguins, chocolate penguins. I, oh. I.e. the chocolate bar penguins, not like little mini chocolate penguins going around on the ice. Not that <laughs> <laughs> imaginary <laughs> chocolate penguins. But well, they're nice. Swim. Well, um, they're nice. They're a bit sickly, if I'm honest. But I did eat. Only, you're not supposed to eat eight. I no. just have one. <laughs> I told you I got a little bit porky over Christmas. <laughs> right, right. Time, time is eluding us. Uh, got one more question. At... Yeah. One okay. more question for you. Because yeah. You, yeah. Okay. Let's yeah, squeeze yeah, this one it. in. Yeah, so Jojo the Viking. I don't know why I said it like that. But I know, Jojo I know, the but Viking. I know what you mean. Yeah, it does yeah. feel singy soggy. Um, I'm a first time buyer, Ken, and have no idea where to start. How does a mortgage work and the stages? Well, I know that that is a long question. Uh, it's, it's, we can break it down, though. Well, let's break it got... down and then and then we can guide them of where there might be a guide. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Good shout. Okay. So first time buyers, the first thing you want to do is to understand the process of a mortgage. Uh, in my book, the first thing to do is approach a broker. We can guide you. 
And from that perspective, we will explain to you about income and affordability. We want to know about your situation. Essentially, we want to gather facts so that we can say to you, look, based on what you're telling us, this is what we believe the bank might lend you. Uh, we can guide you and help you with maybe building up a deposit, give you some ideas there. Um, so the first thing to do is to try and figure out what your budget is, because there's no good going on right Moozoopla and all the different property finders, uh, looking at properties with no real understanding of what your budget is. So finding out what your budget is, is fundamentally the first thing you should do. And whether or not you are credit worthy enough for a lender to even consider you is, I think, the starting point. And then from there, it's about you going out to estate agents once you've got a decision and principle approved, putting offers down on properties engaging with solicitors, engaging with brokers, and we will guide you through that. Glenn, would you like to add? Yeah, I, you hit every stage there. And the other thing is as well, there's a, there, this is a really loaded question. It's a fantastic question we get asked all the time. But I would say sometimes you need to sort of read a little bit and then absorb it and then read a little bit. And the, the a really good way of doing that is if you was to have a guide. And it so guide. happens, and it so happens that myself and Ken have got first-time buyer guides. So, Ken, firstly, where can people find it? Do they need to reach out to you to get the guide? Yes, I'm not as good as you, but you do need to reach out to me. So if you go to my TikTok channel, uh, which is Everything Mortgages, or if you find me on LinkedIn, Ken James uh, at LinkedIn, if you just send me a message saying, Ken, I'd love to get your first-time buyer guide, I'll email it to you. Uh, it's free of charge, very good content, very informational. Glenn, I know you yep. have a slightly more improved way of getting it. Well, no, it's just slicker because it was just, um, well, not slicker. It's just for me, it was slicker because um, the amount of emails that we had when I when I put it on TikTok, we had, well, just under a thousand now people require the first time buyer guy, which is insane. So we made it um, a little bit easier for people. And um, you can go, if you Google RFS mortgages, it will come up with a website, which is my company. Uh, on the first page, it says, click the download first time buyer guides now and it's totally free just leave your name and details and it, you can download it straight away so um, that's an easy way or you can um, go onto my tiktok channel which is glenn russell property click on the bio click on the link and it is there as well yeah and it's not a sales aid it's not a sales aid or anything like that uh, whilst it might have our logos on the, the important thing is the content of it uh, it's really good step-by-step -step process, a bit of the jargon busting so you understand what people are talking about. Really good content for you to be able to digest and to be able to maybe put together a plan of action. Uh, so yeah. definitely, if you're a first-time buyer out there, uh, you can reach out to either myself or Glenn. We'd both be glad to uh, provide you with the information for you to look at. Yeah. Yes. So that's really Brilliant. good. Right. So we are coming to the end of our new revamped podcast. Um, thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you. We're going to be trying to release this, I believe, every Monday. Uh, yep. No, fortnightly. Fortnightly, yes. Every, fortnightly. Every two weeks. Yeah. Every two weeks. You will find us on your airways. So do look out for the uh, do look out for the notices. If you are following us, you will get notified that a new episode has been released. So do do that. And, and, and if and if yeah. if if you don't follow us, then follow us because yeah. you'll get notified when there's a new one released. And exactly. don't forget to like as well. Very good, Glenn. Yes. Like, share, tell your friends, your family. We are here to help. So hopefully you've got something from today's episode. Do stay tuned for our next one in two weeks time. Now we haven't done this for a while, so let's see how it goes. So it is goodbye from Ken. And it's goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye. goodbye. For more episodes and content, don't forget to click on the like and the follow button. It really helps the channel to grow and reach out to like-minded listeners. Thanks for listening.
The Property Den with Ken and Glenn.